0: Welcome to the Plus 6 Podcast, my name is Pete and I'll go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 38 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter as Jep DT. welcome to the show Jep. Hey Pete, how's things? The Eagles are 0-2
1: in the Gold Coast Hub, Jep. what is going on? Yeah they're struggling aren't they mate, they're, uh, they're not liking those slippery conditions and it's pretty evident, um, Tim Kelly especially last week, Oof. yeah lots of struggles. Yeah, it looks like they're heading home, so that's
0: great for WA teams, Fremantle and West Coast. So they're going to get a fair run at Optus Stadium, it would seem. Okay, firstly, our first COVID interruption with Essendon Melbourne game-awarded average points. This season won't be easy, but it was a good result for the game. Make sure you're following AFL Ratings on Twitter, that is at AFL Ratings, for updates to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here absolutely crushing it. If you would like a chance of scoring a Plus 6 podcast cap, just retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. We'll give a few more away at the midway point of the season. And shout out to the Plus 6 podcast squad that got their hats the last couple of weeks. Okay, this week on episode 38, Jepper and I will talk through key players ahead of round 4. Keep in mind we are recording this podcast Tuesday night, June 23. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. The podcast format will look ahead and be grouped in upcoming games. Remember, Jeppa and I are focused on overall rank in AFL Fantasy. At times, we will have differing opinions. Okay, Jep, episode 38. Here we go, Sydney versus Western Bulldogs. Ollie Florent, a slower week in round three. Those centre bounces remain quite high. He's still at 577k. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, he's got the role there still and still a value. 577 still thereabouts and um, not a bad return for Ollie. Sam Naismith, he's a
0: chance to return from a hamstring injury this week, but Sinclair is not going anywhere. I will reclaim that W now,
1: Jep. Yeah, I agree. I think Sinclair's form has been pretty solid. And unless um, Longmire wants to play two ruckmen, it's going to be a bit of a struggle for Naismith to get back in the side. So Pitnett's probably the winner at the minute. Uh,
0: Just Bacartin's injured there, so there is a chance that Naismith will come in and either Sinclair, Sinclair and Naismith will play a forward ruck role this week. So it's not a chance we see a dual ruck set up straight away. Okay, on to Jake Lloyd. He's quite crushed in the last two weeks with an average of 97 points. A break even of just 62 points. He's at 774k. He's now a target based on
1: discount Jep. Yeah, he's um, he's a lot of value now. So um, <clears throat> coaches need to target him. I, I suspect um, this game against the Bulldogs is going to get uh, plenty of plus sixes as well. So definitely a target on top of the list for many. Shout out plus six. Okay, Lewis Butler. He's going to debut for the
0: Bulldogs this week. He's an outside-type player. He averaged 18 disposals in the Under-18s Championships last year. He will debut, obviously, and be at 170k defender mid-jet.
1: Yeah, so look, uh, with with these types of guys and, and, and the rookies for the, um, the Bulldogs this year, let's just wait and see on, on Butler. Um, I don't think we need to jump the gun straight away in the first week, unless Cash is king. Um, being a bottom priced of 170k. But um, look, I'm on the, the mindset just to wait and see and, and wait a week, see what his role's like and, and if it's fantasy friendly.
0: And don't forget, Lockie Hunter is back in a couple of weeks, likely there as well from suspension. Okay, Josh Dunkley, the last couple of seconds he injured his ankle jet, unfortunately. He's obviously out with now for four to six weeks with that ankle injury. He's definitely a trade out for owners Jep.
1: Yeah, must, must trade, heartbreak for owners, but, you know, that's the game. You win some, you lose some, um, and it's probably a good opportunity to get a, a primo mid in form. Jack McRae, with the addition of Butler
0: and the Dunkley injury, McRae should see an increase in centre bounces this week, Yep,
1: Absolutely, and I'll be really shocked if he doesn't. Um, it's it's really set for him now. He had uh, six or seven tackles last weekend. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, his tackling game was up last week, and he was far more ferocious at the footy. So it looks like he's turned a corner. Bailey Smith, just sixty points in a win last
0: week at at Marvel Stadium. The SCG against Sydney might also be a bit of a grind for him.
1: It may do, but again with Dunkley out, does he go in a bit more often? And and is that in and under? Um, first mid so wait and see with Smith but I I expect that 60 to turn into an 80 this weekend pretty
0: comfortably let's hope so for owners out there okay Marcus Bontempelli JEP he's down 78k from his starting price in 2020 obviously going to be the target for opposition teams but you know he's going to be heavily
1: relied upon in that midfield your thoughts yeah, well, look, GWS tried to physically bully him last weekend and it didn't work. He, I thought he played terrific last weekend and um, was really the catalyst for the Bulldogs winning. So Sydney will probably try the same tactic but at their own risk and if they focus too much on one player, then others get off the chain. So specifically with Bond and Fantasy, I think we just can't risk um, having him in our sides with that much attention to him week in, week out.
0: GWS versus Collingwood at Giants Stadium on Friday night. Lockie Whitfield sustained concussion early in round three with just 10 points last week. He's not been ruled out by the Giants so far. He trained today. It looks likely he'll play. He dropped 72K last week and will drop another stack this week. Your thoughts first,
1: Jep? Look, I'm of the mindset to trade with other value um, forward picks available. Um, that's how I would approach it personally. Um the hold is is a risky hold. And if you're holding him, it's for the long-term and the, the, pretty much the entire season. Yeah, well, I'm on the opposite view. Uh,
0: I believe... If you had him from the start of the season, that is for the start of the season, unfortunately, you got 10 points on the weekend. Yeah, he'll drop in salary. Everyone else is going to target him, so you're in there first, so you might as well just lock in that midfield for the remainder of the year and just obviously cop the drop in value. It's not going to cost you any more money. You've got him in your team already, so let's just move on. Okay, Josh Kelly, on a short break, he was ruled out. He'll likely return this week, but long term, he's beginning to be a bit of an injury risk there with those laid outs there, Jip.
1: Yeah, that's, um, <clears throat> it's, a, again, a bugger, but he had currency at the time. So, so those owners that held fast, which I can't see being many, um, they've obviously got to stick with him this week and, and hope he produces the goods. But, yeah, he is at risk week in, week out if he's not 100% fit.
0: Lockie Ash. He was quite on taboo, did a couple of nice things, Jep. Despite a huge long-term outlook that I can see, he could be bounced out of this team anytime
1: soon, Jep. He looked gassed by quarter time. I think he went out, he went too hard too, too soon and um, sort of didn't pace himself. So um, I think he started, I think his quarter time score was about 20 odd and then he didn't do much from there. So look, plenty of a promising football player. Um, and whether it's this season or not next, he, he, he'll be um, one of these fantasy players we'll, we'll be having in our teams.
0: No doubt. Jai Caldwell. He was impressive last week for me, Jep, but Kelly Green returning
1: is going to change this team up. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think he's, I thought he was good last weekend, but he did make some critical turnovers and mistakes. Um, yeah, look, personally, I think it's touch and go whether he stays in the 22. I hope he does.
0: Okay, under Sam Jacobs, he's averaged 49 points in the last two games. He's now losing money to Max Gorn. It's time to jump ship, Jep. Absolutely jump shit. Trade, trade, trade. Callum Ward. He's averaging 80% game time since his return this season. He's increased his CBAs last week to 40%. He's 556k with a break even of just 38 points. Jep, any interest?
1: There is some, but I've got others ahead of him in the pecking order um, that I don't own, but. Um, Look he, for for those needing a, a midfielder of value. He's definitely one that um, will return scores with currency. Adam Trelaw, some
0: chance to play this week. Again, no ownership for those looking at uniques over the next few weeks. Jeb.
1: Yeah, so look, I suppose if if you go in blind um, and try trading in this week for a bit of a point of difference, that, that's a risk. Typically, players need a, a warm up week, but you know, high risk, high reward, which is all. Brody Grundy,
0: the next two matchups against Jacobs and Bell Chambers should offer plenty. Yep. J-
1: yeah, he's uh, he's captain material. We know what he can produce, and he, he you know he he did pretty well last week under an injury cloud, so he keeps on doing what he does Scott Pendlebury, he's averaging 95.6 points
0: this season Treloar is set to return but those numbers for Pendles are elite the shortened game is perfect for his impact yet
1: yeah, it really is, a lot of these older um, players and Cochran's another one, um, but yeah as far as Pendles, and they obviously want the ball in his hand with his clean disposal so that's why the return of points is pretty high so yeah, big tick with Pendles and Point of difference,
0: Jeremy Howe. He was extremely fortunate to finish on 61 points last week with a couple of late plus sixes. He was tagged early on by John O'Marsh and that could be
1: something we could see in the coming weeks, Jeff. Yeah, interesting tactic by Rats, but I um I obviously didn't mind it because he um, took him out of the game completely. But yeah, I can't see that happening every week. Jeremy Howe getting tagged.
0: Just the low score, sixty-one points. That's what you're going to be copying, especially now with Magan out of that team.
1: True, and when I saw the teams with Magan out, I, I did raise an eyebrow. But he's hoping he comes back in this week for matchups. Who knows? It will be a week to week proposition with how
0: Port Adelaide versus West Coast. Connor Rosie. It was a quiet day for Rosie in wet conditions at MetroCon Stadium in Round Three. He did cop a high knock, which did impact his night for just twenty-three points Jep.
1: He did, but we know the quality of the kids and, um, you know, that sort of <clears throat> road bump aside, there's there's plenty of upside to Rosie for the rest of the fantasy season. Dan Houston, Ryan Burton out injured and reality set
0: in with Houston moving to the back line jet. The next three weeks could be a bumpy ride.
1: Yeah, you nailed it last week, Pete, with that comment. So, look, he... Um, He didn't produce the goods, but I'd tell you now, West Coast, he could get off the chain a bit with West Coast, and I think he'll hit his break even. It's just whether you want to use the currency this week um, to trade him up or sideways or however it works for you. Darcy Byrne-Jones.
0: It was a tough night again in the wet for Jones in round three along with Houston, but he's getting in great positions to build his fantasy numbers, Jeb. I actually quite like Darcy Byrne-Jones now.
1: Yeah, very much a point of difference and um, the running halfback for Port. So they're up and about and um, conference is a beautiful thing with the whole team. So Burn jones is seeing the benefits of that and I think he is a very good left field pick. Travis Boak, since moving into the midfield
0: at the start of last season, he's been elite. He's averaging 94 points yet.
1: The older Boak, who, um, you know, is a veteran and knows exactly how and what to do amongst the midfield is getting it done. So um, another target for um, fantasy coaches to to look at.
0: Andrew Gaff, if the Eagles head home for a string of games at Opta Stadium, he should be a genuine target for me, Jip.
1: Have to. Have to if you can afford him. He's, I think he's the most expensive fantasy player out at, at the moment. So he comes with a price tag, but um, look, his ownership's relatively low and – West Coast look to give in the ball every single time and take that from a West Coast supporter. I've watched my team a lot, as you can imagine.
0: There's genuine upside there for Gafford Optus Stadium for me, Jeb.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, 100%. No, no doubt in my mind. So, drier deck as well, which, you know, the whole West Coast team have struggled with slippery conditions in the last two rounds. Um, they come back to Perth, drier conditions and much more suited to fantasy footy.
0: Nate Nui. He crushed against Old Mate Oscar last week at just 69% game time still. Scott said, won't be an easy matchup for him this week, Jip.
1: No, it won't, but um, they're both brutal um, physical ruckmans, so it'll be interesting to see comes out on top. And if I'm a betting man, I'd say Nadinelli comes out on top from a physicality point of view. He was a man on a mission last weekend, and I think he's got something to prove for the next four weeks at least. I guess the question there
0: is, uh, if you're in the mix for a new rack, is Nat Nui an option? For me, it's still
1: a no. It's a no for me only because of the other options available. I think there's better value picks um, or primo picks around.
0: On to Jared Brander. I'm still a suspect on his job security jet. Every week seems like a jackpot with his scores, though.
1: <laughs> it does. Um he wasn't great last weekend against Brisbane, but he's, yeah, he managed 68, which is, you know, a great return for for owners, but yeah, look, we can't rely on him being in the 22 each week, especially with West Coast losing, so that, um, there's going to be some um, collateral damage there, I think, whether, it, when it is, I don't know.
0: Yeah, just it's just a bonus each week that he's playing, so hopefully we
1: get three or four more weeks out of him somehow, obviously, yep, your thoughts? Yeah, and look, he's probably, from a job security point of view, when we're looking to trade him out, um, he'd be probably the first Rook to trade up or down or whatever. On to St Kilda versus Richmond-Marvel
0: Stadium this round four. Dan Butler he's playing a half-forward role, but he's been on fire since footy has returned, averaging 82.5 points. Again, that half-forward role is quite volatile for scoring long-term jet.
1: Yeah, I think his fitness, I think he's fitter than um, most footballers. Um, his like fitness is super elite. So he's been able to get a leg up in that respect as well. So look, a lot of his game from Richmond being that pressure half forward and at very active, he's been great. Um, but I just don't see him as a fantasy option. Yeah, me too.
0: On to Max King. If you can avoid starting him on ground, that's fine. At a break even at
1: minus 15, he's still got plenty of cash to generate yep. Yeah, definite bench warmer. That's the ideal spot for, for him at um, F7 or 8. And um, we just watch the currency go up. Dustin Martin, he's on track to
0: return this week. Likely. Once he gets over that rib issue, he needs to be
1: targeted somewhere down the track for non-owners, Yeah, it wouldn't be this week um, at all. I'd say he'd um, cop a few bruises from St Kilda players as a test. So... Um, I can see Zach Jones giving a few rib ticklers this weekend. So let's wait and see.
0: Marley and Pickett, all of a sudden there's a questionable job security here, Jep. You said last
1: week it's time to
0: bench him, and you were absolutely spot on.
1: Yep, although I couldn't do it myself. <laughs> as much as I wanted to do it, I couldn't. So, um, yeah, look, it is um, it is definitely time to bench him now. From a, I think he's struggling from a fitness point of view, from, from the return of the break, and um, and yeah, he is a huge risk to, um, to hold his spot, but um, I've 100% unequivocally left him on my bench this weekend.
0: On to Bashir Hawley. Hawley has averaged 93 points since footy has returned, yet. Definitely a target at the back end of the season, for me, with his questionable injury history.
1: Yes, and quarterback Hawley is one that's, um, you know, he's not going to fluctuate too much in price. If anything, he's more more likely to go down than up. So it's definitely one we can target later, um, and and there's going to be no real major damage.
0: On to Essendon versus Carlton at MCG. Andrew McGrath. The midfield usage is high. He can find plenty of it. With a break-even
1: of just 19, what's not to like? there's not much not to like mate um new role and new fantasy game so you know still lots of value in price in the mid 600s and um and those again if that suits many coaches out there he's he's a point of difference still until such time that he probably um will be too late for owners in terms of price so jump on now or, or see you later jacob townsend
0: it's probably time to flip him with a downgrade. He'll max out in price very shortly, Jep.
1: Yeah, so it's time to go on Jacob Townsend, or if, if it doesn't suit for your trades this week, you'd leave him on your bench, but um, you really need to move him on as soon as you can.
0: Mark Pitnett, I said last week he was a smash selection. He increased by 50K, and there's plenty of cash more to be made here, Jip. He's even an R2 with the long-term injury of Matthew Cruiser. Your thoughts?
1: so yeah first point there is his best position is R2 he's killing it with his ruck work his physicality on the field and um, he's getting the odd possession so the ideal spot is R2 now with lots of cash cows not presenting themselves by way of rooks if you can't you know if you've got the double guns with Goldie or Gorn and, and Grundy and the like or whatever you know Pittnet in the utility spot or R3 is, is not out of the question so um, we want to generate cash as fantasy coaches as soon as we can, and Pitnet is going to really make a lot of coin in the next few weeks. So, um, those that don't have him, it's going to be a huge loss.
0: Yeah, for me, still a selection, even at his inflated price from last week. Okay, on to Sam Doherty. Such a great return after two knee surgeries. jet quite simply, he's a target anytime for non-owners. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine there big be too many. He's just a natural leader, um, commands the ball on the back line, and, and nothing should change going forward. Patrick Cripps, he's at 768k. Any interest there, Jep? Yeah, there is. He's probably the, one of the most frustrating um, fantasy players to sort of watch and, and own and non-own, really. Um he's very up and down and and on his game and on his day when he wants, you know, when he performs well, he he really returns a good score. So look, I think he's, he's a target later in the season. Gold Coast versus Fremantle, jet at Metricon
0: stadium, Matthew rail. He's a star sitting comfortably on field for coaches. He was tagged in the last quarter by keys, which stopped his scoring just a little bit. He's currently at a break
1: even of Morris 48. Your thoughts. It's just a jet, isn't he? Um, Look, we just hold him as fantasy coaches. Everyone's got him, and um, we just leave him on, on field and, and enjoy the returns until such time that there's a red flag.
0: Noah Anderson, the scores are fluctuating, and with a break-even of three, it's getting close for a decision trade, Jep.
1: Yeah, probably one or two weeks, and he, he'll um get, get the trade nod, but um, as a wingman and outside midfielder, he's going to have those up-and-down scores. Connor Butterick. The back line
0: has settled down in the last two weeks, and he's fully part of it. A break-even of minus 31 at
1: 267k is a no-brainer for those that don't own him, Jep. Yeah, the NAB rising star this week, and rightfully so. Um, very clean player with, with good foot skills, so lots of luck. Great position off half-back the line there, so he will get
0: his numbers, I believe, at a good rate. Okay, onto to Lockie Weller. That midfield usage is strong enough. He's quite the target for a defensive position in AFL fantasy me, Egypt.
1: Yeah, look, um, I suppose it's, it's the consistency of Weller going forward. And if you think he's going to remain consistent, um, then you, you trade him in. But personally, I think Gold Coast, as well as they're playing, they're going to hit the wall. And um, when Gold Coast play poorly as a team, I think Weller's scores will suffer.
0: Yeah, one interesting point for me is Stuart Jew said a couple of weeks ago he wanted to settle this team down. So while' going into that midfield is real. I believe that is a long-term outlook for him. Okay, on to Hugh Greenwood. I get it. The CBAs are very solid, but he's in the midfield also covering opposition mids. Scoring
1: may not be a priority at times, Jep. Yeah, he's, he's a stopper, isn't he? And physical um, player. He's obviously going to get the tackles, but winning possessions is not a huge... Well, it's not the number one priority for him. So look, I, I would stay clear of Greenwood. There's right. plenty of others showing showing good signs.
0: Yeah, I agree. Onto Jack Bales, definitely one to watch for DBP upgrade. He's at 573 k with a break even at just 20. He's averaged 82 points in the last two weeks, Jet.
1: Yeah, again, much like Weller, he's probably in the same boat as Weller. When the team's up and about, he'll score well. Um, but when they struggle, he, he I think his scores will suffer. So it's a no from my end.
0: Again, I'll repeat, Stuart Dew said he wanted to settle his team down. So he is playing that role for the rest of the season for me. So for me it's a target. Okay, onto Fremantle, Justin Longmuir has said today he's going to mix up that midfield. So that's an interesting point of view for owners of Fremantle players. Okay, onto Caleb Sarong, Forty Rono today sent out a tweet that he's in the mix for selection as a debut at AFL level. He's a contested
1: machine at two fifty six K. Your thoughts, Egypt? Yeah, look, he, um, he's always going to play at some point this season and there's no better time than now against Gold Coast. So he's hoping he gets the, um, the audition. And um, like I said, with other rooks, I think well, let's just see how Sarong goes in his first game. No need to push the button early unless completely pressured. And um, if you do pick up Sarong, it's, it's for bench cover. Hayden Young, the scores aren't quite there yet, Jep. He'll be better at Optus Stadium. Thoughts? Yeah, agreed he'd be definitely better at Optus Stadium, but he is being nursed um, from this, the physical contact point of view. I can, he's not getting in and under too much with the, the heavier bodies, and I, I think that's where he's at physically. So uh, I, I'd stay clear as, um, as in terms of
0: bringing him in. Andrew Brayshaw, he went missing after the rain last week. That's back-to-back weeks where he has slowed down at a significant rate, Jeff.
1: He, yeah, he did. He started well though. So look, it's um it was disappointing. However, um, he's still one of those players that's, you know, he wants to get amongst it and, and do his absolute utmost. So look, there's going to be some patience going with Bray sure, that needs to still own him over the next couple of weeks, but he should be in your plans or trade plans anyway for soonish.
0: Yeah, um, I'll add a warning bell right there. He should be in your trading plans for right now. Okay, on to Nat 5. He's spending time
1: forward, but still ticking over those scores, Jep. Very hard player to match up on, and as a result, he he hits all the stat lines, doesn't he? So he's still scoring a decent click. Um, But again, like probably Bonson Pelly, a a number one target for opposition teams, so probably no. On to Brett Bewley. Unfortunately,
0: his scores over the last two weeks haven't produced a stack of cash. It's time to look at an upgrade here, I feel, Jep.
1: Yeah, great. a um, Good runner trying hard, but um, it's just not equating in fantasy scores, so you just can't can't bear it much longer. Brisbane versus Adelaide at the Gabba.
0: Lockie Neal. The midfield usage is extremely high. His break-even is 31. With a match-up against Adelaide this week, he could hit 900k this weekend. The question here, Jep, is... Do you target him knowing you're paying top dollar and his ownership, especially in top-ranked teams, is quite high? Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it's a good debate, isn't it? Um, Depending on who we compare him to, but if we just focus on Neil for the second, I think in the short term, his score return is going to be pretty high. Um, Port Adelaide face him in two weeks' time, and they'll probably put a bit of time into him but nevertheless i think he um, is going to be scoring at a very good click and a very good captain option at that so um, he's worth well, the dollars in my opinion he's worth the dollars in my opinion
0: Yeah, I'm totally the opposite. If you don't own him now, you're probably just going to have to suck it up a little bit and just hold on. He's going to have a stack of road trips to end the season because obviously they're playing in Queensland at the moment and opposition teams, better than what they've copped over the first three rounds of the season, are going to put a lot more time into him. So the scores will still fluctuate for me. Hopefully that's the case. For non-owners, we can sit there. But for those who have started with Neil, what a great start to the season. Okay, on to Hugh cluggage. No set of bounces for Hugh in round three. His scores could still fluctuate over the season. A great matchup this week, however, Jep.
1: It is, and he's probably with Zorko out. He, um, it probably helped his scoring and, and on field role a little bit. Um, but yeah, look, he um, he should re- retain very good scores this week and next.
0: Brandon Stasovic. Alex Witherden goes out of that team, and Stasovic looks very comfortable he can be started on ground comfortably, Jip.
1: Yeah, and that shouldn't be underestimated. You know, Starcevic is keeping and out of the Brisbane 22, which says a lot. So Brisbane are winning, and they'll continue with that winning formula. On to Adelaide. Just a couple of comments here from me about the Crows.
0: They're a bit of a mess right now. I highly recommend paying close attention to team news as roles and positions are in danger of changing this season. Okay, on to Brad Crouch. The centre-bounce usage fell in round three. He did cop an eye injury and is good to go this week, however, Jep.
1: Yep, and hopefully he produces the goods for the owners that remain who stuck last with him. So, um, look, yeah, he, the whole Adelaide midfield need to perform and Brad Crouch is one of the top ones. Onto Riley O'Brien, no
0: Frampton in the last two weeks, and he smashed at an average of ninety-eight point five points. He's a genuine target for me, Jeb. With no Frampton, your thoughts?
1: Agreed. My personal preference is others, but you know I wouldn't um, debate it too hard if if coaches looked in to bring O'Brien. If there was no Frampton, I would have started with O'Brien, but
0: again in that second pre-season game O'Brien did struggle so that turned me right off him but he was just definitely a genuine target for me in the pre-season, and last year he produced the goods as well obviously for the overall winner. Okay on to Brody Smith he moved down back in round 3 the midfield usage was down to just 10% centre bounces. If Adelaide concede plenty he will still see ample opportunities to score yet.
1: Yeah, and he probably had a flattering score in the end last weekend too, just for notes. So look, he, he's got to have a trade written all over him and um, I would highly recommend owners get rid of him if they haven't already.
0: Yeah, the exit was last week and if not, it's probably this week as well. So on to Tom Doddy Again, the Crow's considered plenty. If Matthew Neeks persists with McCassie, then Dodie will be playing that intercept role at times. So I don't think it's actually that bad a pick here, Dodie, Jeff. No, it's not.
1: Um, it just depends where your damage and your priorities lie. Um, Dodie is, is, you know, a risky pick, but a sensible one at that.
0: On to Melbourne versus Geelong at the MCG. Max Gorn. His next two matchups are very solid. He's at 840k with a break-even of just 54. For those considering the move, the time is now for me.
1: But there are other options. Your thoughts, Jip? Yeah, Gawnie. Look, he. Um, He's going to have a pretty decent matchup against Geelong this week, and you know owners should expect a very high return. Um, Gorns and Grundy are the top two rucks; we all know that. It's just the timing of when we get them. Onto Trent
0: Rivers, he's got to break even at minus three. He should be a target if listeners already don't own him yet.
1: Definitely, um, again, like um, starts with keeping with it and out. Rivers is arguably keeping him out, so let's hope he gets or Melbourne get on the park and he shows us what he can do in the um, starting 22 for Melbourne. Christian Petrarca,
0: our listeners know how high on him I have been. That midfield usage is quite high and he's actually doing some damage for the demons in that midfield jet.
1: Yeah and I'm very interested to see how he goes alongside a similar body shape um, in his opposition in Dangerfield. I think um you know, he might be a bit starstruck and, and intimidated by Dangerfield, so let's wait and see what he does. On to Jack Varney, Those scores will fluctuate, as I've mentioned, plenty in the last few weeks. Your thoughts, Jeb? Yeah, still a solid pick, I, I feel. Um, you know, is that cheaper prima that's on the rise. So, yeah, round two score wasn't ideal, but he bounced back last week and he should be all guns blazing this week against Geelong in a very competitive game.
0: Patrick Dangerfield, he's down to 7.32k with a break-even of just 76. If you're managing your salary well enough, he should be a target now, Jep.
1: Yeah, very much an underpriced premium um, and one that the elite coaches will be looking at. And look, he's got the resume, doesn't he? So we know what he's going to produce. On to Joel Selwood. Those centre bounces have been
0: around 70% since we returned. Stephen looked underdone last week but nine players are in that center bounce group. That suggests quite a lot of volatility to me, Jip.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure if Parfit's in that group at nine, so there's going to be a lot of swings and roundabouts with him, um, and that's going to affect scores. So, look, it's, it's Dangerfield and Selwood are in the same boat with, with that risk. OK, onto Quentin Narkle, Dropped down to
0: 40.7% CBAs last week. Way too many cats in the midfield. Again, to suggest a consistent high average. So for me, Narkel is a pass. Jeb, your thoughts? Yeah, 100% agree, mate. Hawthorne versus North Melbourne at Marvel Stadium to finish off the round. Chad Wingard. He dropped down to 15.8% CBAs in round three. He's still getting the job done, but last week was in a blowout score. But he may not find it that easy this week against the Kangaroos. Jeb, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, specifically
0: for this week, I think
1: North Melbourne play a, a better team defence, and um, he'll find the going a bit harder. But look, it's a quality player that hits all stat lines again, kicks goals, tackles, and, and gets the possessions with quality um, kick on him. So, what's not to like? As you know, in, in your forward six,
0: yeah, his proximity to the ball uh, remains quite strong. So, you know, if those centre bounces do drop, he's still able to hit the scores from a fantasy perspective. Okay, on to Tom Mitchell. As we said last week, he's been dealing with a shoulder concern. That tackle count is way down, Jeb.
1: Yeah, and it's killing his owners and scores. So persisting with it, knowing what can come from Titch and and the high-quality scores. But, you know, as we are with overall rank and and searching for overall rank, the point of difference would be to trade him. And it would take big guts to do so. But I actually think it's the right move. Um, but this—it's got to be this week or last week. And I, you know, we—well, I know I thought about it last week, but had bigger fish to fry. Um, this week, we'll see what happens. Come team selection. I guess we got three
0: trades this week and three tra- trades next week. And as we've talked over the preseason, we've talked about uh, ownership percentages and what we can do to climb rank. This is one of those points of differences, as you mentioned. So, for me, it's not that actual a bad move to jump off, Mitchell. But I still believe at some stage he's going to need to be owned in the later part of the season when his shoulder hopefully is far better. Okay, on to Curtis Taylor. It was a slow week last week in round three. Hopefully he'll bounce back this week with a break-even of minus nine. There's still cash to be made here,
1: Jep. He's hoping he gets a bit of a more free run at the ball against um, Hawthorne. So... Look, he he's keeping his spot and that's all we can ask for from a from a rook. So let's hold him. Joy Simpkin,
0: those centre bounces remain very solid at 585k with a break-even of just nine jet.
1: Your thoughts? He was North Melbourne's best player on the ground last week, even ahead of Goldstein, um, which says a bit. So um, I'm all for Simpkin and I think coaches would be crazy not to bring him in. No Cunnington
0: last week, however Simpkin has still been in that centre bounce group uh, quite high this season so for me, uh, it's a solid get it's still 5.85, still cheap enough Ok, on to Goldie, as you mentioned, Jep he's crushing it at the moment I'll ask you again this week, Jep can he match Grundy and Gorn long term?
1: Yes, he can, long term that's the key element in that question it's, can he match it long term? Yes, he can and he's obviously a lot cheaper so the, the smarter coaches um, will bank the cash and use it elsewhere on their field and um, and not see too much of a point differential. You know who traded him in last week, and that was Selby. Yep, and the great man knows what he's doing. So um, unlike myself, who traded in Gorn. So, look, I didn't have the guts to do it, um, but from from his confidence and looking at him and the way he's moving and he's just free of injury, it's just... It's a pleasure to watch um, as a footy fan and even more pleasure to watch as a fantasy fan.
0: And just a point on there, Selby trading in Goldstein. Again, it's a point of difference. It's just finding a unique way to the top of the leaderboard. And obviously, with his history of two wins, Selby pulled the trigger on Goldstein and and had no hesitation probably doing so as well. Okay, we'll wrap up those players there for round four. Look out for a bonus part of the podcast with a quick summary of top-owned players. I'll add that to this podcast sometime on Wednesday. So again, the podcast will drop on late on Tuesday night and for most listeners early on Wednesday morning and check back in late in the day because there will be an extended version added on. Okay, Jeppa and I will return for episode 39 next Tuesday night. The podcast schedule for the remainder of the season again will be on late on Tuesday nights. Jep, that's it for episode 38. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Cheers. Okay, thanks for tuning in to the Plus Six Podcast with Jeppe and I. Okay, I'll just go through some ownership numbers from the top 25 overall ranked teams. Okay, in defense, Sam Doherty, 100% owned. There was an increase of 12% on last week. Stasovic, up to 96% owned. There was a massive increase of 56% of teams. Dan Houston sent a little bit of a drop, down to 68%. Previously, last week, he was at 84%. Jared Brander, strong there at 68%. Jeremy Howe 68%. Those who traded Howe in after round one know full well that you are facing 68% ownership in the top 25. And that was an increase of 24% on last week. Jack Crisp at 24%. Lockie Waller has seen a bit of an increase here with his midfield usage this season, He's up to 24%, an increase on 12% from last week. Jake Lloyd has been on fire since the return of the AFL season. He's up to 24%. That is an increase of 16% from last week. Okay, onto the midfield. Matthew Rale, 100% ownership. That never changed from last week. Tom Mitchell, 88%. That is actually an increase of 12% from last week. Lockie Neal, for those looking at trading in Lockie Neal, uh, just to let you know, he's going to face a quite a high ownership for those in the top 25. He's at 72%. There's a slight increase of 4% from last week, so that's just one team. Marley and Pickett seen a massive decline in the midfield, so teams have either moved him on or put him on the bench. He's at 56%. Jack Viney at 56%. Again, those coaches who traded in Jack Varney after round one. Uh, know full well that more than half the teams do own him, and that was an increase of 28% from last week. Andrew McGrath sent seen an increase after his fine start to the season. Uh, he's at 52%. That was an increase of 20% from last week. Stephen Canelio strong at 48%. That's actually an increase of 12% from last week. Andrew Gaff at 44%. That was an increase of 28% from last week. Patrick Cripps at strong at 36%. Same numbers as last week. Taylor Adams, just a slight decline at 32% from last week. Harley Bennell, obviously he's played a couple of games for the Demons. He's at 28%, so on field for some coaches in the top 25. Nat Fife at 24%, that was a decline of 8% from last week. Just a few other premium players that you might want to target for those sitting outside the top ranked teams. Jack McCrae's at 16%. Patrick Dangerfield, who has seen a decrease in salary over his first few rounds. He's at 4% owned, so there's a bit of a unique way compared to those top-ranked teams to navigate your way through a large field of fantasy coaches. And Scotty Pendleby, he's been on fire. Obviously, Adam Trelaw is set to return. He's at 4% there as well. Okay, on to the rucks. Some interesting numbers here. Brodie Grundy just at 48%, and that was a decline of 16% from last week. Mark Pitnett, obviously number one ruck for Carlton, with Matthew Cruiser sidelined through injury for quite a number of weeks. He jumped up to 44%, which was an increase of 28% from last week. Todd Goldstein has been strong for the start of the 2020 season. He's up to 36%, and that was an increase of 24% from last week. Darcy Cameron at 24%, no change from last week. Matthew Gorn just sitting down at 16% and that was a decline from last week of just 4%. Nick Natnui had a strong round three, he's at 16%. And Sam Jacobs just down to 8% now and that was a big decline of 36% from last week. And one of those players that has been on fire the last couple of weeks has been Riley O'Brien. Obviously, Billy Frampton has been out of that team and O'Brien is in their solo rucking. He's only at 8% and it was just a slight increase from last week. So there's another way if you think O'Brien can score quite large compared to another premium rucks, you might want to look at O'Brien to navigate your way through a large field of fantasy coaches. Just one coach in the top 25 owns Grundy and Gorn. So for those sitting outside the top-ranked teams, there's a unique path into being one of those top-ranked teams now. And looking at the bench for the Raps, uh, Darcy Cameron's at 40%. Tristan Zuri is at 36%. Sam Naismith at 24%. And no fantasy coaches in the top 25 started with Mark Pitnet as a bench option. Okay, finally, onto the forwards. Christian Petrarca, he's at 84%, and that was as strong as last week, so just a slight increase there. Bailey Smith has seen a big increase in the ownership of the top 25 ranked coaches. He's at 76% now, and it was an increase of 36% from last week. So plenty of high ranked coaches have jumped on the Bailey Smith bandwagon. Curtis Taylor, obviously, a solid start for the season for a rookie price player. 72% of coaches, and that was a slight increase of 8% from last week. Connor Butterick, he started quite well since the return of football. He's now up to 40%, which was a uh, decent increase of 16% from last week. Andrew Brayshaw is one of the big movers in decline. He's just at 36% uh, in round three from top 25 ranked coaches, and that was a big decline of 28%. So those who have moved into the top 25 are non-owners of Andrew Brashaw. Michael Waters at 36%, a slight increase of 12% from last week. Jai Simpkin is one of those players that has seen a significant increase in the midfield usage this season. He's up to 28% ownership, which is an increase of 20% from last week. Uh, just a couple other players to hit on here. Connor Rosie, obviously a poor score last week. Just 16% of top 25 ranked coaches own Rosie on the field, and that's a big decline from last week of 20%. Lockie Whitfield sustained concussion in round three early just for 10 points. So those teams that owned Whitfield moved back in rank. And it was just 8% of coaches in the top 25 that owned Whitfield. And that was a decline of 16% from last week. And finally, Dustin Martin. It was at 0%. And last week it was at 40%. So pretty much what would have happened there is coaches would have traded Dustin Martin out. Okay, that's it for the ownership of the top 25 ranked coaches. Hopefully you have a good weekend this weekend and Jeppa and I will be back for another episode of the Plus 6 podcast next week. Until then, have a great weekend.